Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome, everybody, to the 15th episode of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we have an amazing episode for you guys. This one, we are talking about season one, episode 14, Poker, I Barely Know Her. I cannot believe I just said that. I can't believe how many times we have to say it over the course of this podcast, but... Uh, we do. Tim and I talk about our favorite memories around gambling. Yes, we had a we had quite the fun playing poker, uh, season one especially. And we answer some hilarious fan questions. I really, really enjoyed these. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Hey, Maggie, what are you going to do? Oh, I was planning on podcasting the shit out of it, but I don't know, Tim, what are you going to do? You know, that's such a coincidence because I was planning on podcasting the shit out of it. You know, we should do, we should podcast the shit out of it together. I think that would that would probably be what what we should do, and also uh, what what the psychos are probably hoping for. I was going to say I think it's what our list our beautiful and handsome listeners are expecting out of nothing exactly. less than you and I podcasting the shit out of it. Well, then that's what we're going to do. That is the plan. Tim, did you get a haircut? It looks great. Thanks, Maggie. Uh, I got a haircut like last week. It's just it's a little, I didn't uh, make it super puffy today. No, I, I think it looks really, really good. I like the, the shirt, the hair, the whole thing is working. I know we are on a uh, mostly audio podcast, so nobody can see. But just as long as our listeners know that I look amazing today. <laughs> Tim looks great today. My beard's um, a little darker. Yeah. Oh, Took really? A little, um, it was so shining white because I was using <laughs> a um, ring light last time and the sun was coming in that it was, it was like glowing, glowing white. So I like, a, like, I like okay, the Tim shiny white beard. Okay, but we are are we toned down? Is that what's happened? It's a little toned down. It's not it's not sheet black. It's um it's a little it just took it took the whiteness down a notch. I understand. My hair's usually blonder and I am uh I'm this is all the pandemic grow in natural, so well, that's, um, that was I'm your, a little darker um, too. That was your natural color, right? Because I think mm-hmm. during Psych, they wanted to blonde you up a little bit sometimes. Yep. I was a little you... blonder through most of Psych, except for one season when I was somewhere between blonde and I don't even want to say brunette. It ended up just sort of being this like in-between color because I think I went really dark on a hiatus. We may have like done the play during that time. I can't remember. And then I came back and had to lighten it, but we could only get it so light without it looking like orange. Well, it's also so, Blue Skies TV, so we've got, we've got to have um, our hair it was. bright and sunny. It was, but it was after. No, it was when I come back after, we came back after Mysteria and Presents because we were able to say, um, you know, Juliet's been through a really hard time since, uh, you know, she was kidnapped and hung from a clock tower. Since <laughs> so, her near-death experience. Spoiler alert. Yes. She survives. I survived. I survived, but my hair went darker because, you know, that's a thing you do when you go through a traumatic event. I think it normally goes lighter. It goes white like mine. But, um, <laughs> but we'll go the with your stress. answer. Yeah. Regardless, everyone who's not watching but just listening, her hair looks awesome no matter what color it is. Oh, Tim. Well, I feel the same way. You have the best hair of everyone. Everybody. Thanks. If there is a psych hair ranking, um, you win. Right? You have the best hair. 
Well, I don't know about best hair. It's, you have very unique, great man hair. I will accept the compliment and say I would agree. <laughs> when I certainly during the Galvan days when it was long and flowing, it was pretty um epic. Yeah, long and flowing, but it's, it's good. It's a good color. The salt and pepper is a good balance. It's good. <laughs> this is really what our, our listeners <laughs> tune in for. Hey. This is, uh, this is really good content for the This is the stuff that Mag and I talk about. Yeah. I'll text and say, Mag, I'm feeling down. Can you come over and just like give me comments about my hair? Oh, you guys, I send Tim multiple photos if I'm going to an event uh, of all of my potential options for said event. So uh, dress options, jewelry options. You're very good at this. So it is true. This is what we do for each other. That's what friends do. I tell you your hair is great, and you tell me what dress to wear to events. Pretty much. <laughs> well, we did establish uh, a long time ago that where James tried to bond with me over sports bars, you and I bonded over shopping. So I remember one of the times we went shopping, and I was like, I know the section you need to go to even more than you do. <laughs> and I pointed you in a direction, and then you got mad at me because then you had to buy like five pairs of those pants. Were they rag and bone? They were something. And I remember, I remember yeah. we found those rag and bones. <laughs> so I, I looked at, they were that kind of like this bluish green. And I walked out of the, um, out of the changing Dressing room and you, you the two went, what are those? <laughs> I said, oh, I guess I'm buying these. Yes. Multiple. And then I think you were like, damn it, Maggie. Cause I think yeah, you bought I think multiple, I, yes. I went and just bought those same pants in every color. God love James for trying to bond with you over sports. I knew what was up. Right. And then. I helped you pick out a, a jacket for James one year. Oh, you did. That's right. It was right. a blue bomber. And I was like, you got to get this for James. Yeah, that's right. You did. You often uh, you often help me with um, James attire. You liked the vests. James wore a lot of vests for a while, I remember. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like the this sort of North Face theme. vest thing. Yeah. Yeah, we tried to up the vest game. That's right. Is he still we in like, the vest? I don't think he's doing the vests as much. No. The vests are done. The vests are done. I had a theory that James just always liked the um, the feeling of being hugged by a vest. He does. I think that was a that's a good assessment. Yeah, I think. Oh, he, it is he, the psychologists are in. Well, this is here we are. Here we are. We're getting into it again, guys. Um, it's another reason I think too. When uh, on the show, uh, you'll notice Sean um, whenever he's like sitting down, he'll often have a pillow on his lap. Um, which is a very Jamesism. James loves to grab a pillow. There is a little like comfort there. So maybe the vest was like the, uh, you know, you can't really walk around with a pillow. So just like somebody <laughs> holding his tummy. I don't know. Yeah. And yet yeah. when I try to hold his tummy on set, he thinks it's weird. <laughs> By the way, when <laughs> well, we say a vest, we're not talking about waistcoats. We're not talking about, um, no. on waistcoats. No, we're talking not about like you know, the puffy, puffy warmth vests. Yeah. Like, like warm, warmy vests. Um, yeah, but I think it was a little too hot in LA for, for those vests. I think they were very hip though for a while. I think a lot of people were doing the North Face vest thing, or or like the puffy vest, the down vest. Which were necessary in Vancouver, not as much in not LA as much in the summertime. LA. Um. Anyway, this is episode fourteen of the show, season one. This is poker. <laughs> I hardly know her, and um, appropriate because it's. Number 14, and today is the 14th of February. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Tim. Happy Valentine's Day, Maggie. Happy Valentine's Day, all my lover listeners. And happy Valentine's Day to all of you guys, which you'll be hearing this a few days later. But uh, this is episode 14. I love that. I love it. We're really syncing up here at the Psychologist. And it's the 15th of our podcast, yes? Yes. Yes. 
episode, episode 15, 15 of the epic podcast that is Maggie and Tim, um, the psychologists are in. All right. We've been doing a little thing, and I think it's been working, where I have my notes. <laughs> oh, you know I got my notes. Oh, you got your notes. I and mixed it up. I went um, old school yellow um, legal pad today. Oh, so great. I, Just I the went, only thing I could find. I did the new version of that, which is the notes section in my phone. So You are hardcore techie now. Look at us. Wow. Wow. That is next level, Maggie. stepping up our game. Um, okay, so I'll go through the synopsis, and you'll stop me, and I'll stop you um, with our fun stories and memories. Do um, it. Because, yeah. Are you ready for this? I was born ready for this, Maggie Lawson. You know that. I, <laughs> um, there's one. You were born ready for this, Tim. Uh, we started off with the pineapple siding. Uh, and this is a waitress walks by with a pineapple on the rim of a drink. I feel like there is a theme in season one of drinks and pineapples. I feel like we've had several now that are either like we had a pineapple snapple. I feel like we had like a pineapple something something the last time. So um, I'm well, curious. Well, it also to... goes into the overall theme of drinks in our show and our cast. <laughs> Exactly. It all comes back <laughs> to drinks. Um, okay. Are you ready? Cold open. Sean, young Sean, plays a game of poker with some cops at the station. He can easily tell who is lying by their ticks. One guy rubs his ear, another bites a toothpick. Sean's dad barges in and asks, what the hell is going on here? Henry tells him he is too young to gamble and takes all of Sean's earnings to charity. Cut back to the present. Gus bets Sean can't make the shot. They're playing a little basketball in the psych office with uh, some wadded up pieces of paper and a little goalie. Uh, Sean said he can, but he won't bet. Eventually, he lets up. Sean gets the paper in the trash can. Gus says, double or nothing this time. It's a trivia question. Sean answered before he even asked the question. This is one of my, this made me laugh out loud. Um, He says, trivia. And before he even ans- asks the question, Sean says, Grover Cleveland. And Gus Grover is like, Cleveland of all things. <laughs> um, Sean's dad walks into the office. He asks him about his license. Sean's dad walks around critiquing everything. Sean's dad, Henry, reveals uh, he is the 11 o'clock appointment that they are waiting for. Uh, Sean's dad says his friend. I'm going to say Henry. Henry says his friend needs help because his son disappeared. Henry vouched for Sean. He claims Henry has has a dad crush on him. Um, I love this. This actually, I wrote down like, oh, look at Henry coming to Sean for help. You know, I thought I say this is is this Henry's first time to the to the office. Um, and the license to kill joke is one of my favorites, I think, in the entire series of the show. It's pretty good. It's so funny. Love Henry Henry's line of as he's critiquing the office, that that outlet looks overloaded. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's such a Henry Spencer thing to say. Yeah, he doesn't miss that. Um, there's a psych out too of um of that license to kill joke that is so funny that we are going to find and post uh, for this episode. Devin, I will send that to you because I just watched it the other day and it is so funny. How do you know this? I also want to give a shout out to Joanna Kearns who directed the episode. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, she was wonderful. And um, 
we love seeing those female directors. And um, I really loved, I remember, well, I'll go back to the show. We'll, I'll come back to her at the end. But um, I thought she had a really unique way of directing. Okay. I think Joanna's also um, directing and producing on James's new show, A Million Little Things. Yes, she Am is. Am I correct about that? Yes, I think you are right about that, um, which I love because I think she was fairly new when she started, like in directing, when she started doing Psych. We did not have enough female directors on her show, but I think no. she was our first. She was the first, yeah. And not she the last. Was. Yeah, and then we had her, we had her back too. Um, Henry's friend, Mr. Peterson, walks into the office, which is hilarious. This is Dan Loria, who we all know is the dad from the Wonder Years, which is crazy full circle. Um, well, because Dulé is now on the Wonder Years as the dad. It's so wild to me. Um, so, um, also, there, one of the first lines of the episode is, um, is all in. <laughs> Which um, in our early days on the psych, in psych hanging out in Vancouver, we we had psych cast poker games, and we developed a an all in song. Ready? Do you remember it? Oh yeah, it's burnt my head. Go. You you start. You're better singing than me these days. All in. All, all in, in. All in. All in. Yeah, we had an all in song. I even had T-shirts made up for it. Remember those? Did we? Yeah, we I, were serious I, I, was, about our poker There was a teacher place on, on Robson that I, there were uh, blue letters in kind of the psych, right. the psych type that said all in with a skull on them. <laughs> skull. I remember that I found place. A, found a picture of me holding Nora in preschool the other day, and I, I was actually wearing the all in t-shirt. Went, oh, the all in t-shirt. <laughs> so it was a big move when, uh, when someone would go all in and they would sing the song. Yeah. Oh, it was a really big deal. Uh, and, and we played all the time season one. I thought about that when we shot this episode. I'm wondering if this was an idea that they broke beforehand or if this was something that like knowing how obsessed we all were with poker um, that they added this in later. But anyway, this was like one of our favorite things to do season one. And I think some of season two. Um, it was most of season one. Then we, then we moved it. It seems like we moved to, to mafia. Ma- we transitioned it to mafia. So people yeah, weren't yeah, losing yeah. money. <laughs> exactly. Or in my case, winning money. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know we love those slot machines. We didn't play poker. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, Dulé Hill, having done West Wing with Joshua Molina, who started Celebrity Poker, Dulé was not messing around when it comes to poker. So, And I was pretty much novice. I loved playing. I do love playing. I'm not great at it, but I loved playing poker until Tim introduced me to the slot machines. So is it my <laughs> fault? I, I'm, I couldn't be the one to introduce you to that. You were. You were. You were a master. I was afraid of them, and you were like, you would, you would, you would. I don't know. I feel like you had such a like. It's literally knack. just dumb luck. Dumb, dumb. That's what it is. That's what slot machines are. Didn't we go a couple of times? We went to like the Edgewater or something. Wasn't a there? couple like, of times we were. Uh, well, anytime we were. Well, we shot at River Rock all the time. So whenever we'd have twin minutes off, Max would be like, um, <laughs> and then Dan, Danny Miller would call on occasion me to like give me a call time, and he's like. Where are you? And as you're hearing the slot machines going up in the background, I'm like, oh, we're, no, we're in our trailers. What do you mean? We're just chilling. Come on for a hike. <laughs> <laughs> if you know me, you know I've been obsessed with Thrive Cosmetics for a while now. Not only do they make incredible makeup, like their liquid lash extension mascara, brownish black shade to be exact, but cause is in the name for a reason. 
Every purchase from Thrive Cosmetics supports organizations that help women thrive. Thrive Cosmetics' message is incredible and inspiring. For every mascara, eye brightener, lip gloss, etc. purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. You guys know I love a product with a cause. Plus, this makeup is stunning, you guys. These are high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. That means no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. Certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. You guys know how much I love that as well. My favorite is the ultra-lengthening mascara that mimics the look of last extensions without damaging glue or expensive salon prices, or all the time it takes to put those lashes on. I also have the eye brightener, which I really love because it makes me look uh, very awake, (laughs) even when I'm not. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash pineapple. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash pineapple for 15% off your first order. I love it. You'd also send me pictures if you ever walked by a Sex in the City one or... um what was the other one? There was another one we both we both really loved. But I know when that one came out, you were well, like, was, oh, no. It was the, the crazy taxi. And we, and you oh, the go, taxi <laughs> game. What was that taxi game? Beep, slot beep. machine. Yeah. <laughs> they had this one phrase we'd always play in some magazine. I would just go, you crazy taxi. You crazy driver. That's what it was. Like some horrible accent. They hired some actor to, and they paid him like $2 to voice this animation on this. This game. Crazy driver. But whenever I was at a casino and I couldn't find Maggie, I would just look for the Sex in the City slot machine because I knew that that's where she would be. And nine times out of ten, I was right. (laughs) Always right. Um, Oh, man. That's embarrassing. But we had so much fun. Okay. So we know that Mr. Peterson, Dan Laurie's son, has disappeared. Sean starts to twitch. Even this is even after Henry's like, please don't do any of your crazy theatrics. He mentions uh, he, he fired his son and then he disappeared. Cut to... Sorry, let me interrupt. You know, I think this is the first episode where there was no murder. No, but we, and we'll get to this in a second, but there is a little violence, more so than I feel like we ever saw. So, okay, so we cut to the station. Juliet asks, she goes into the chief's office, does she not be disturbed? And eerily shuts the blinds. She mentions to the, to the chief that she wants to I surprise. I love this scene. <laughs> Me too. Lasseter with a birthday party. The chief claims that he does not like surprises. But that doesn't stop Juliet. All right, Gus and Sean arrive at the missing son's apartment. He was apparently evicted. Sean notices a screwdriver in the lock as if someone tried to break in and get something. He then notices a wire and some letters. Sean reaches in and takes some of the mail. Sean finds a yard and a garden coupon with letters written on it. So Sean and Gus go to the garden store. Sean eats a chalupa in the blueberry. <laughs> the boys do a lot of eating on the show. Really hit the details there on this one, Devin. No, I, I love it. I love it. Wait, hold on. Let me see if there was anything I missed of my own notes going into this. But, uh, oh, right. Yeah, the Secret Santa debacle of 2006 um, that the chief mentions. That's why they decide. Um, oh, when Sean says slender, it reminded me of murder. <laughs> and I brought it up to mention to you in case you wanted to give that one a, uh, a swing. 
Slenderer. Um, very good. Very, very good. It's good. Now, I have no idea what the line is. I just wrote down slenderer sounds like murder. Oh, because he's talking about his, uh, his arms are skinnier. Skinnier. Oh, that's right. Because so, right, he, right. he can get into the crevice better than Dulé can. That is right. There's like the little chicken wire and he can't get in. That's right. And he's like, my, it's because my arms are slenderer. Um, okay. Sean mentions how odd it is that customers have, uh, the customers there have very expensive cars. A lady with an expensive bracelet keeps her hand out of the car. It has a poker charm on it. Sean and Gus follow a rich looking man around the garden store. They get lost in a maze. This was cute. Sean and Gus realize the letters R-R-L-R-L-L are directions to the poker game. They come to a door that says authorized personnel only. There's a secret poker place that isn't playing around. And that R-R-L-L-L is very different than H's and K's. Very different than H's and K's. Because H's and K's are hugs and kisses. Um, Sean walks into his office uh, with headphones. Gus mentions he's doing a sensory deprivation experiment. He asks Mr. Peterson to hold his hand. I thought this was hilarious because I thought Dan Loria was just game. Like, he's so, so into Yeah. Like, he gets really into it. And he's Sean's going crazy. Sean yells, poker? I hardly know her. Oh, bump bump. Can't believe I just said that. Sean says the missing son lost all of his money to poker. His dad mentions that his son's username for the online poker is Dumb Luck Two. One of my favorite scenes. Completely forgot about this scene. Juliet calls Lassiter's mom. One <laughs> of the many moms of Lassiter we've seen. Many <laughs> over the over the seasons. She's funny. And she sounds kind of like when, when you get kind of gruff, like a couple things she says. Oh, my God, I wrote them down. They made me laugh out loud. Um, terrible. And not, you can not see in the, a great the apple way. did not fall from the tree with Lasker's mom. Suck lemons, cookie puss, she says yeah. to me. <laughs> but the first thing she says is like, oh, my God, it's the phone call, thinking that Lassiter has died. Um She's exactly like him, Devin. Juliet accidentally drops that Lassiter and his wife are separated. <laughs> she says Booker doesn't celebrate birthdays. Juliet laughs. Uh, hold on. Lassiter gets a call from his mom shortly after. Booker, not to be confused with the other time we see my mom and she calls him Shooter. <laughs> That's right. What are all these names? <laughs> it's very cute. Very, very cute. She also calls me Turkey Pants which I, I thought was very funny. Um, okay, so Gus plays online poker. He played the missing kid before. Sean notices Gus's eye twitch, which means he's got a full house. Big Kitty 75 <laughs> is Gus's username. Sean and Gus pretend to be a girl to meet the missing guy. Sean and Gus meet up with Brandon for a date. The poker mafia shows up and breaks the missing kid's nose. He owes his dad $30,000 and the poker mafia even more. This was the violent part. Like, this was a really, I was like, oh, oh, he really, this There's looks like a really hard. There's actually some punches thrown. And some blood coming from his nose. Yeah, he, he, he yeah, gets smacked in the nose. Yeah. We don't show blood that often on Psych. And, and we don't. Um, Unless it's I mean, we Kool-Aid. Do <laughs> That's right. That number four. So those things, let me just go back. Those things that that uh, young Sean and older Sean is seeing are called tells. Those are called and tells, kids. He's noticing the, the tells, which the last time we all played poker, I discovered, I really discovered James's tell. I can't remember what it was, but Did he you had get a tell. It? He had a tell when he was bluffing. And I was, so I was like, I can't believe I actually figured out his tell. Oh, I love it. I think I won that that game. Uh, I'm sure you did. You have to. We have to try to remember what that was. That is so funny. 
Yeah, I think you're good, at, really good at reading people. I think you would clean up at poker. I feel like a lot of the weekends we played, you were probably you were in LA a lot. Um, uh, but the games that you did play, you always won. <laughs> you were very good. Not a t- I mean, I was okay. I mean, I still. You would never see me sitting down at a card table in a casino with real players. I would only play with friends. Yeah. I kind it of scares the same. Me. I think I sat down a couple times, but yeah. Um, okay. Sean, Gus, and Brandon show up at his dad's work. The missing kid goes to confront his dad. The kid wants to throw his lucky necklace away, but he keeps it. Juliet goes through Lassiter's desk. She finds a tiny notebook. She writes down information from it. Lassiter catches her. She says she's looking for a mint. Lassiter is allergic to mints. Juliet is very, very, very excited to learn this thing about Lassiter because she feels like she doesn't know anything about him. I, my favorite, uh, this actually goes back to earlier, but um, when I say, um, uh, when Chief Vic says, you know, do you guys ever talk about anything? And I'm like, um, sometimes he asks me if we can write in silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say, you talk. Lasher doesn't really ask questions, although sometimes he does ask if we could just write in silence, which yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> Creating goals and habits always feels great when you first start out. But trying to stick them into your already busy daily routine, well, that is another story. I need to drink more water. Actually, I think Tim and I both need to drink more water. Everybody needs to drink more water. But if you are like me and Tim and need the extra coaching to keep you on track, then it is time to try Fabulous. Fabulous is a habit-building app that gives me the tools and skills I need to feel healthier, more productive, and fulfilled. Fabulous helps me drop those bad habits while helping me build new, healthy ones that stick. Unlike other wellness apps, Fabulous takes a holistic approach by focusing on self-improvement, mental and physical health, mindfulness, and productivity to build a daily routine that works for me and my lifestyle. Fabulous uses behavioral science and breaks down those scientifically proven healthy habits into a daily routine of very small tasks that I can easily achieve every single day. If your goal is to be healthier, Fabulous can help you make that change. The app breaks the goal down into tiny, achievable daily tasks, like reminding you to drink water, exercise, or even disconnect and unplug. I'm trying to do this for a little bit each day. Just turn everything off, completely unplug. The simple reminders of taking a sip of water, taking a deep breath, it's all really helped me when I'm feeling tense. And to keep me on my toes... Fabulous also offers dedicated programs and challenges to adapt to your needs. I am currently trying the gratitude challenge, which has helped me become more mindful each and every day in my life. It really is quite a shift in mindset. You can like wake up in a bad mood and then immediately go into like a space of gratitude and um, it just sets a different tone for your whole day. Start building your ideal daily routine today with Fabulous Premium. Get 20% off Fabulous Premium by going to thefab.co slash pineapple. That is the fab, T-H-E-F-A-B, dot co co slash pineapple for 25% off fabulous premium the fab.co slash pineapple i just say i want to say interject real quick and say something about the writers of this episode yeah it's john sackmar and carrie lenhart who are two writers i have a very long history with oh yeah you do yeah so john and carrie were two guys who pretty much built my career for me we met on a show called Sequest a million years, well, 25 years ago. They wrote me this um, part of this uh, hippie, anyway, it was Sequest. Look it up. <laughs> but um, 
years, it was one of those things where it was supposed to be like a couple episodes and turned into, or it was supposed to be one episode turned into four. And um, I saw them walking down the street, walking down Vine one day, which was weird. A, that I was walking down Vine. And no, I take about Scour and um, minor details that nobody cares about. But the show was shot at Universal, which is the other side of the hill, for those of you familiar with Los Angeles. So I see these guys. I'm like, hey, what are you doing over here? So we just had this meeting. You know, we might do, we're doing this thing. We, how loyal, how loyal are you to Sequest? And being a guest, I said, I'm as loyal as the next guy without a contract. Why? So we, <laughs> we, so we might want to do this thing with you. And I thought, yeah, sure. Classic Hollywood story. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Sure enough, a few weeks later, I'm in an audition room auditioning for this, the part of Dr. Joshua Levin on the show Medicine Ball that went all of nine episodes on Fox. And, um. There's there's posters there's pictures we can post from I have this very long sort of Jesus like hair with oh I've seen with it with my beard and um, it, there's speaking a, there's of hair a, a it's amazing of, I'm telling you go on it was very flowing and mane like it yeah. was definitely a precursor to um the Galavantes but cut to so I do this I do um sequest with these guys and um they brought me medicine ball which is where we met our dear best friend Jensen Daggett you know Jensen <gasps> of course so I know Allison, Jensen yeah so Allison met her bestie on the show. You all used to call me and Jensen, um, you used to call, uh, or say I was mini, mini her. True. I remember back in the day. And then she'd come up to Vancouver and hang out, or I'd see her in LA and she'd go, mini me. (laughs) So after, so we do this show and then, um, these guys proceed to go on and they hire me for every TV show they ever did. Cause at the time I was still kind of just like a jobbing actor, really guest star to guest star, just popping around, living job to job. They hired me for everything they ever did. They would write a role for me, a guest bar, guest starring role. The first time I ever shot in Vancouver was on a show called uh, Strange Luck, which they wrote the episode for me. I didn't know this, Tim. See, yeah, so, I, after so all these guys, time. and then they went on to write on a show called Judging Amy, which you, so they, of course, we, yeah, you know which how many they, they created the character of Sean Potter, and um, it was supposed to be three episodes, and I ended up doing like ninety-seven episodes of the show. Tim. So they really like they kept me alive and funded and working and they really did they built my career so when we got psych when i got psych i was able to kind of suggest these guys for writer staff writer jobs so finally i was able to pay back them a little bit and get them on the show i have never heard that story that is so beautiful i did not know that yeah they, every single really thing too, they just, ever wrote they were my patrons the, the guys who kind of showed up and said we're gonna write, write for this guy that's so beautiful i i feel like um I feel like our show over time has has had a lot of those people, like the people we've wanted to thank or pay back or whatever. But uh, that's crazy. Also, that you suggested them season one, and Steve got them. Like that's incredible. And I, I that's a whole that's like a full circle thing. And we, we used to have lunch at Stanley's every now and then. This is the restaurant in town. We would. I was sort of famous for the Chinese chicken salad. So I need to call this guy <laughs> and say we need a little um we need we need a Stanley's lunch. Hell yeah. I love that. How many seasons did they do? Do you remember? I think they only, of, of, of Psych, I think they, they were only on the first, the first right. season. They went on to, uh, on to something else, I remember. Yeah. Shortly after. Um, so John awesome. Stockmark, Karen Lenhart, the guys who are responsible for Tim Robinson's career. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. What a beautiful story. And responsible for some great uh, uh, first season episodes of Psych that you brought on. I love that. Okay, I forget where we are. I know that I. we just learned that you're allergic to mints. And O'Hara is so delighted because she learned something about Lasseter. 
Uh, I'm way too excited about it, actually. But uh, and also, what what a precursor to um, the um, O'Hara Laster friendship that she just really, really, really wants to um, throw a party for this guy that she really is. He's, he's not super pleasant to her so far in the season, in the series. No, but but we've already kind of established at least a um, a respect and a trust. Um, and yeah, Lassiter is not the easiest to get to know. Um, but I, I love that Juliet's just determined and eventually he gives in. He's in that with a hard shell to crack, but there's a gooey center inside. I know, but I think, and, and because of the way you played him, I feel like that makes the payoff for the moments when we see his vulnerability or interest or openness or any of that, like that much more impactful. Because he is a he's he's a hard shell, a very very gooey inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So where were we? Okay. So Sean's okay. So Henry and Mr. Peterson um, are showed a tape of his son stealing money from the work safe. Sean makes a scene with the disc of the missing son stealing the money. Shocking. Him making a scene. Make a scene. He makes a scene. He always makes a scene. Oh, and there's and you get, we get a Tim Curry no in there. Yes, we do. They were already beginning, and we haven't even had Tim Curry on the show yet. So funny. Uh, Mr. Peterson grabs his son and says they have to leave. Sean offers to play, and his dad backs him up, saying that he won't lose. Sean tries to mess with everyone's heads at the table. Sean wins. Eventually, he goes against the bad guy from earlier. Sean notices the same bracelet from the lady in the car from earlier. Remember when we mentioned the expensive jewelry? Are we already at the poker tournament? Yeah. And there's the really lovely moment where... um. Brenda's dad, Dan Loria, asks Henry if if Sean can win, and yeah. uh, and Henry backs Sean because he remembers that moment from the the very precursor where he's given Sean crap for golf for um I said golf and gambling. Yeah, he says that I don't gamble, I win. Exactly, cocky cocky little Sean that he is. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We will go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. I actually tried this myself just so I could personally speak to how easy it is and was to sign up and get matched with somebody. I think we've all been through so much over the last couple of years. As I said before, I think we we do rush to help other people, which is a beautiful thing. I also think we spend a lot of time on a lot of, you know, other ways that we invest in ourselves, like fitness and diet and all of that stuff. And I think that all of it kind of starts with self-love. And when you have that, all of those other things that you want to do, the fitness, the diet, the work, all of that can thrive even to, I think, a greater level. So why not give this a try? I have been recommending it to a lot of people. And obviously I'm talking about it here. Uh, and I talk about it a lot here. So you guys know how I feel about it. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy. It's so easy and so helpful. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. 
It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the psychologists are in listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash pineapple. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash pineapple. I love the little throwbacks when we add those moments in. And even just the reminder, again, like uh, Henry, I feel like Henry coming to Sean for this. Like I I, I wrote that down as one of the things I was like, this is very interesting because he actually wants Sean's help. It says a lot um, about the two of them. And I, I love when these moments happen when like Henry says that, yeah, he can win. He will win. Oh, we, um, we skipped over something. Sorry. So when um, Sean and Gus are in the car with Brandon trying to get him to, um, and they park in front of the um, his dad's dealership, and he just and Brandon says, "I'm going to go deal with this myself." And and Sean has a um, a Cameron Fry reference. Oh, he does the Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, okay, <laughs> I, I came up with something which I found. I, I maybe we'll get a little woo into the weeds here, but I thought it was really interesting. Of predictions, our shows come up with. I just was thinking the same thing of the stuff like like. Our show's called Psych. It's about a fake psychic. And half the stuff we say, even in this first season, comes to be. So there's a Cameron Fry reference, which is um, Alan Rock in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So this episode and all the season one is set in 1985, which I think is my sophomore year of high school, everyone. Terrifying to me. Wow. But um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off did not come out until 1986, a year later. What? Oh, that's so it's funny. Like, how- they predicted. And then, of course, and it really was messing with me for a while. I went, wait a second, you dummy. We didn't shoot this until 2007. Yeah. We're not still in 1985. But in the in the uh, timeline of the actual show, it makes no sense that these guys would have seen Ferris Bueller in 1985. Unless they were psychic. <laughs> That's so funny. Also, okay, I Alan a, Rock. I came up with a list of other predictions. Do you want to hear them? Uh, tell me more. So there's the Ferris Bueller. There's, um, well, we, we talked last week in our last episode about... Um, Sean's prediction of Lou Diamond Phillips with his reading of Reggie. Mm-hmm. And then he predicted that, um, well, you already mentioned the Dan Loria, the Black Jack Arnold, which is a line in um, Psych 3, so that Dulé would play Dan Loria's character. Uh, play, play, play the dad in, in Wonder Years, yes. And also, then in the show itself, ahead. in Weekend Warriors, we predicted that I, Tim Amundsen, that's my name. That's your name. Would be on a horse, dressed for war, with a sword. Which was Galavan, because I was on a horse with a sword in armor, dressed for dressed for battle. Yes, you were. And we predicted that a young actress named Margaret Cassidy Lawson <laughs> would go on to work with a wonderful actress named Jane Lynch. Oh in, yeah, um, right. Also, and of course, Angel from Angel from Angel Hell. From Hell, yeah. And don't forget, we mentioned Cameron Cameron Fry, and then Alan Ruck. Does an episode does show. a couple seasons I'm later. I'm freaking myself out right now, you guys. Also, all of the knows that are the Tim Curry knows, and uh, he is our premiere of season two. Oh, man. We should make a list of these, Tim. This is good. I did make a list. I can't. My reading's so bad. <laughs> I can't. I mean, my writing's so bad. We, we, this is good. But yeah, no, we, and then yeah, Jane. I'll, I'll type up the list. We'll, we'll have to post it on the um, Instagram feed. Yeah. And we can reference. We'll come back and reference in the in the of other course, episodes the as Jane we go Lynch along. The Jane Lynch episode was yeah. um, "There will be blood." No, there will yes. be. Is it, that's what it's right. There might be blood, right? 
What's it called? Well, the movie's There Will Be Blood. Right, There Might course. Be Blood was Jane's episode. Episode, right. Um, we love Jane. Or, the Gosh, we episode. Jane. Hey, The Magic of Believing. That's another episode, kids. We'll oh, talk about that later. <laughs> but that's crazy. That's a good story. And that's just all we're going to tell you about that right now. Um, okay. Hold on here. They go to the casino. Oh, wait, Sean makes a scene. Just, da, 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 da. Oh, no, 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 we're down here. Okay, yeah, Sean wins uh, at poker. Everyone, um, eventually he goes against the bad guy from earlier. Sean notices the same bracelet. We said all this. Um, he realizes the dealer and the bad guy are cheating. They use invisible ink. The hair clip has invisible ink that she marks the cards with. They get 7,500 bucks for helping. Sean uses the money to play more poker. Sean and Gus show up to Lassiter's party. This is funny. This is a such biker, a great fun scene. A biker gang rolls up. The chief claims that the guests look familiar. Juliet and the guests yell, surprise! And Lassiter pulls his gun out. Because <laughs> what else would Lassiter do? Which was a very funny moment, I thought, that everyone ducks. And Joanna, the way she shot this was so funny because we cut to all the different little groups of people and it, how, like, as soon as you point your gun, everyone ducks. Thought it was very, very cute. Very funny. Turns out Juliet, um, accidentally invited all of Lassiter's repeat crime offenders list. <laughs> You're so adorable. She says, I, invite all the, I didn't want to invite work, just work friends. So I chose the people with the stars next to their names. Yeah. And Lassiter goes on to say, these are all, the stars are repeat offenders. Repeat offenders. I just really wanted you to have a good birthday. Because O'Hare is the best of humans on our show. Also very funny that Lassiter keeps a black book uh, of everyone he's put away. <laughs> but of course he does. So when, when the chief asks him that question, he says, of course I do. Of course. Classic Lassiter. And um, you are in the um, brightest pink sweater, like full on Pepto. It's the return of the Pepto pink. It's return of Pepto pink and also... Um, I'm not sure how the episodes aired, but the next one is Scary Sherry, and I am in Pepto oh, it's, Pink. That it's the workout. I thought you were in that for the where you're coaching them on the dance routine. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's duos. Scary that's Sherry. Duos. Um, I just am in sorority girl gear the whole time, so I'm in that Pepto Pink. <laughs> I love that you. I love that we have a name for this pink because it's not baby pink and it's not hot pink. It really is only. It is, it is Pepto-Pink. And it's, it's so neither specific. is it um, the color that um, Allison designed for uh, the girls' nursery of ballet slipper pink. See? And that, we know exactly what that means. It's like a baby pink, kind of like uh, some of the pinks in here. A little pastel. But, but this is... Um, but the Pepto. <laughs> Pepto-Bismo pink. Actually, I think it's a shade brighter. Like, they really went... We, how could we... Let's get something even brighter than Pepto-Bismo pink. Yeah, it's a shade brighter, I think. I'm wondering Just, if that if that sweater uh, fell off a truck on the way home from Vancouver to Los Angeles. I I honestly I, I don't know. I think Pepto Pink stayed on the truck. <laughs> so Pepto Pink has not uh, worked its way into Maggie Lawson's wardrobe. I don't think that Pepto Pink. Oh, it has it has in later years, but I think at the time I was a little like, wow, this is really pink. Now I love it. <laughs> But um, I'm trying to remember. You know, I used to have a thing. I don't have this anymore. I used to have a thing, though, in, uh, of wearing, like, my character's clothes. It always felt weird to do uh, IRL. Um, you still and method. then I very much, I got over that very quickly. And all the clothes fell off the truck. And most of what I wear now is 
<laughs> and your new glasses are like are a kind of a rosy pink. They are. Yeah, they're like um, a really, really soft rose. It is like it's like a soft rose. Um, okay, Tim, we have some fan questions. Bring it. So I'm going to start with. Um, well, this one we kind of kind of answered. Although, actually, no. I think I might have a different answer. Who is the best poker player from the cast? Dulé. I would say Dulé Hill. Yeah, that's Dulé Hill. Um, Tim was unpredictable. I remember you played, I feel like less. And so I remember you had more of this, like you were harder to read. Um, cause I didn't know I what think, I was doing. <laughs> beginner's luck sometimes. And that, that was always my thing too. was like, I don't know. I'm the girl at the table. I don't know. And then I'd be like, give me all your money. Um, definitely delay. Okay. You're like Maggie, Where put was... the knife down here. You just take the money. <laughs> exactly. Shark. Okay. Where was the maze shot? Where was that maze, Tim? Do you know? I, th I thought about that too. Did we build that? It's so cool. Mm, that's big old, huh? I think that um, it was created. I mean, it says, was it created for the episode? I would think that, I, I can't imagine they location scouted and, and happened upon a maze. I no, feel that, like we- That's some of our amazing greens yeah. people on the crew building yeah. our, our hedge maze. A perfect maze that had to be like, right. Or R L L L right. Or I mean, it, I can't it wasn't it. exactly the maze in The Shining, but um, in front of the Outlook Hotel. But still, it was pretty um, pretty good for our little show. It wasn't the maze in The Shining. Okay, what do we think happened to the Secret Santa debacle of two thousand and five? Oh, it was two thousand five, <laughs> not two thousand and six. Yeah, what would that have been? Who got your name and surprised you with something that? What would that surprise have been that you did not like? What was the year they said? 2005? Which, again, Maybe. was before we were even shooting the show, so that's weird. Yeah. It's just the chief has known you for so long. She would know that, that something went down. Ooh, or maybe somebody... Maybe a criminal dressed up as Santa and pretended to, like, be your secret Santa or something, and you pulled a gun. Or maybe you pulled a gun on somebody at the station because they scared you. Maybe there's something involving the biscuit lady that last her briefly dated. Oh, that's what it was. It was the biscuit lady. You didn't tell people. <laughs> <laughs> the biscuit lady. One of the funniest <laughs> random lines. <laughs> it was the stuff. biscuit lady. <laughs> that came much later in the show, I think. It is much later in the show, but still, I, I love the throwback reference to the biscuit lady. Definitely. Somebody surprised you with biscuits from the biscuit lady. And that did not go well. Or there was an issue with Dobson. Well, there was always an issue with Dobson. Because he until never showed the, up. He never showed up. Not until, until the very the end. Until the very end. Yeah. And then he made a glorious, glorious appearance. Perhaps the most glorious reveal in the history of television. Absolutely. All right. If you were to plan a party for each other, what three things would, ha would have to be at the party? Oh, my gosh. For Tim... I don't want to make it all about alcohol, but whiskey. But what um, kind? Well, I turned you on to, uh, from my hometown, Angel's Envy, which is from uh, downtown Louisville, Kentucky. Which some people call bourbon. I call Kentucky magic water. That's, all, that's what I mean. Magic water. Specifically Kentucky magic water. At Tim's party, some magic water from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, well, yes. And then maybe, but maybe before we get to the magic water, I would bring you a... Very tall. What's the biggest coffee you can get from Starbucks? Is it because the venti? You would, yeah, you got to caffeinate before the party, right? 
and then some magic water. It's the yin and the yang of the caffeine versus the um, magic water. And then um, I'd probably gift you a pair of rag and bone, uh, rag and bone <laughs> pants <laughs> just to call that back. What would you bring for me? Well, they'd... We actually talked about this for your 40th birthday. A Prosecco truck? Uh, yeah. We I think it was a champagne time. truck. Wasn't it? Yeah, it, it, it was a champagne truck that I think it was it actually it literally had like Prosecco or champagne on tap. <laughs> it was this adorable um, <laughs> trailer that I'm pretty sure an actor renovated these trailers yeah. and made them into um, Prosecco trucks that would show up. And we went to this party and had it. We're like, oh my God, it's like Maggie's here. Oh, thank you. That warms my heart. <laughs> Well, the Prosecco certainly would. Yes, yes, it would. From the inside out. Let's see. Okay, so definitely Prosecco truck. What else would there be? Um, Just a Prosecco truck is all I need. So I'm very happy with that. Plenty of gluten-free snacks. Thank you. Thank you for my celiac self. I mean, what else do we need? I think both of us would have lots of dogs at our party. Definitely. We'd be like, everybody bring your dogs. Actually, I did think we did a party for our daughters one year. It was people just showed up and it was a pen full of puppies. That's great. See? So I would, I would get you the puppy pen. The Prosecco, puppy pen. the puppy pen, and uh, gluten and celiac safe snacks. I love it. I love it. Puppies, dogs. If I was uh, super rich, I'd get um, Marcus Mumford to play. Oh, we went to the Mumford and Sons concert in Yes, we did. That's the Greek, right? 12? 2011? When did we go? When was that? God, that was a fun night. That was, I was just thinking about that the other day. That was at the Greek, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, actually, no, it was the Hollywood Bowl. And you oh, guys all came over and my friend Rebecca. Yeah. And we all, um, we had a couple of drinks at the house and then me and you and James and Allison and Rebecca uh, all went together. So fun. Those okay, I don't remember the, the part. I just remember seeing guys, being there with you guys. Yeah. It was a really good time. We had a really good time. What would our online poker names be? These are hard. What would you be, Tim? I know what your um, name would be. Hoity, hoity, hoity. <laughs> Saint of the Bluff? Instead of Saint of the Sep, Saint of the Bluff. Oh, that's so good. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna top that. Uh, what okay, else you got? Let me think what yours would be. Um Yeah, you you pick mine. You're good at this. No, I, should have, I should have thought of something before I said, let me figure out yours. Um, okay, hang on, though. Did the cast ever have any surprise parties for each other? I'm pretty sure my 30th was a surprise to me. I didn't, I didn't know. Um, Where was your 30th there was, again? Yeah, I mean, I knew we were going to, like, all go to the corner suite and have some drinks, but I didn't know, no, like... Yeah, because that was the, uh, the Tristan cake one, right? yeah. Yeah, that was a surprise. If I total recall. surprise, I remember my because like Rebecca came up to visit, and then I thought we were all just gonna like the us, me, you, her, Allison, you know, James, all of us have like dinner or something over there. And then I got there, and like the entire crew, people had flown in from LA. It was very nice. It was very nice. That's what happens when you're so loved. Yeah, it was. I was. That was one of the most special nights of my entire life. I will never, ever, ever forget that day and night. Everybody. Roday, you, everybody just, just, it was really magical. Really, really magical. So there's one. Did we have one for you, Tim? I feel like Allison arranged something at some point. Uh, my 40th was, was up in Vancouver, but that was, that was not a surprise. That was the one, right. which for some, which I can't believe you weren't there at that one. Which one that was, was that? That was the epic fireworks night. Yes, I know. I, but I've, I've been to fireworks nights with you guys. Was yeah, I just the, not at the 40th? This was the, um, the, the cruise out in um, mm. English Bay during, during that 
epic um, lightning lightning storm. Remember that? Yes. Oh, so right. We I remember we we all camped out or like got went early and got places on the beach a couple of times. I think I missed the boat one. Whatever yeah, that which one. is insane to me that yeah. my best friend was not um, my 40th. Yeah, what a jerk. Where was I? Being jerky somewhere. We'll just have to have a joint 40th, Tim. Let's and do make it up. up for it. You were at my 50th, though, where there was a lot of Kentucky magic water. Uh, yes, there was a lot of Kentucky magic water. <laughs> no, we, we, you mean James did a lot of um, the fireworks nights in Vancouver. Yeah, those were magic. Those were so cool. I wonder if those are still going on. My guess is... I don't know. There wasn't one last summer because of COVID. Right. You guys, it's like the, I think it is the biggest firework show in North America or something. And it's on it's this. It's an international in, competition. English Bay. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really amazing. And we went all the time. The whole city goes. It's like this mass walk to the um, uh, beach in English Bay, right? I mean, you can see them from everywhere, but like people just, oh, it's amazing. Vancouver is such a wonderful city like that. I feel like people, it's such a huge city, but it also feels, there's almost like a small town vibe sometimes where like everyone really loves where they live. Everyone gets involved and like shows up to stuff. I always say that like the parks there in the summer when there's a beautiful day and you walk through a park in Vancouver, it's almost so perfect and beautiful that it feels like a movie set or someone set it to be like, what would be the most like idyllic, beautiful summer afternoon in the park, like almost like an old fashioned feeling. People riding their bikes, people playing games, birthday parties happening. Everyone's at the park. It's really cool. Did you ever see the, um, in Sunday Park when they would do like the massive, um, water fight days or pillow water fight days fight? where they just like, someone would announce on like social media in Vancouver, Stanley Park, this particular part of the park, they're going to have a water, a water balloon fight or a oh, water gun fight. God. No, And like I a thousand not. people would show up and just go nuts. It was it's something out of a movie. It's oh how fun! You won every year, didn't you? I was not taking part in those. I don't think that was a joke. I just assumed you won every year. I didn't. Although we had the girls with us, so I don't know why I wouldn't have gone. I was in town for Zombie Day one day when oh like everybody in town just dressed up as a zombie and wandering, <laughs> which is kind of weird to explain to your preschool age child what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Isn't it right around Halloween though? It is Halloween, right? Um, I'll say yes because I don't okay. remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a naked bike ride in Vancouver. I know there's one in there Portland. There is a naked bike ride. There is a naked bike ride. That's right. I remember. I didn't do it. Um, okay, what is our favorite improvised scripted scene or a scripted scene from the episode? Hmm. I would probably have to go with either the, I mean, just because it's so close to my heart, the party or the mints when, I, when I'm way too excited to learn that you're allergic to mints. I would agree. I mean, for me, it'd be the party and you um, being so excited to show, to surprise him with this party that goes so horribly long as <laughs> your pal good, pulls a gun on all the guests. It's a bit of like foreshadowing for whenever I go undercover, how deep I go undercover and how dangerous I can make it because I'm I just get way too into character. This or I, I just you're so I, hardcore, so hardcore, so hardcore. Do you have anything else you want to add about the episode? I loved how it was really um, developed uh, our character's relationship. Me too. That was my, my favorite that, thing about the episode. And my, I, me too. That was my favorite, absolute favorite thing about it. And I, I love seeing the Henry Sean stuff too a little bit, like him trusting Sean and all that. But for me, I just felt like this was a real, like, there's a real sweetness coming out of the Juliet and Lasseter stuff that 
I think was unexpected, but as you said, it's kind of foreshadowing for where our friendship goes later on. Well, you guys, this was poker. I hardly know her. Thank you. I didn't want to have to say it again. Um, <laughs> Such a fantastic juvenile joke, though. It's a really good juvenile joke, for sure. Sophomoric, some would even say. That is a, that is a very good uh, term, word for it. It's very cute. We're almost to the finale of season one, Tim. I cannot freaking believe this. I can't either, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get Scary Sherry, and I'm excited for uh, season two, which will be soon. Um, well, Tim, I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, my dear friend. Hey, yeah. we're, we're talking with um James next week, right? For Scary James Sherry? Day, guys. James Day in the studio. Check us out next week, and thank you for hanging out for these last 15 episodes. Yes. We hope you've, we've made your um, hikes, commutes, workouts, whatever you've been doing while you're listening. House cleaning. Lily. I think Lily cleans her apartment while she's listening to the podcast. Lily. Because she likes to see her dad in the background. And Auntie Maggie, she says. I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy. I love Lily. She's just, oh, she's the best. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And we have many more coming your way. So, so buckle up, beautiful that's listeners. That's right. Safety comes first, guys. Safety first. Um, As okay. Richard Coleman, our, our old first aid, would, our dear first aid would say, safety never takes a holiday. He's English, so he says holiday. Safety, that's, but he's, and he's right. Safety never safety takes never a holiday. Safety never takes a holiday, everybody. Buckle up, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. We love you all. And we'll talk to you next week. Mwah. Air kisses to everybody. Air kisses. Mwah. Okay, bye. What a great episode. It's always fun when the show covers things that cast all loves to do together. I love reliving all of these memories, like me and Tim and our <laughs> and our slot machines and James and Dulé and their poker. Um, thank you guys again for listening to episode 15 of The Psychologists Are In. Follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. The time has finally come, you guys. We are going to have James Roday back talk about the first episode he ever wrote, Scary Sherry, Bianca's Toast. You guys know how much I love this episode. I always mention it when I talk about psych. Cannot wait. So uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.